When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation Season 3. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today is my team that's really been holding it down in like the last month for me while I've been on sabbatical. But uh, I'm back today, but uh, thank you guys for holding it down. Matthew Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And back with us again, Mr. Connor Casey. I'm back. And Connor's here, so you know it's wrestling time again. It's WWE Extreme Rules, so... Matt and Connor have that breakdown. Plus, we got to talk about some of this dark side of the ring docuseries, which we were just gabbing about until Rich yelled at us to get this show started. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, we just, we just turned into like a little uh, wrestling docuseries club. So, we're going to chat about doc, uh, dark side of the ring as well. But uh, in addition, we're going to be talking about the new Star Wars Visions anime mini, like uh, shorts that have been released on Disney. Plus. We're going to talk about that insane, we have in the show notes, Maria movie cast. We probably should uh, edit that. I hope we didn't put that out there. We probably did all over social media. But the Mario movie cast. <laughs> There's a Mario movie happening. And yeah. I'm all about that Maria movie. Yeah, that Maria as, movie. As person who wrote the summary, I am yeah. all about that Maria movie. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Mario movie cast and how crazy that was in WTF news. Uh, Daniel Craig's female Female Bond comments, the latest episodes of Marvel's What If, DC's Titans, yeah. uh, Star Wars Visions. We got a bunch of new comics. We got a lot to get to today, man. So let's get started Like without further ado. So, Matt, what is up? I took a couple days off from working at this place. Like, what is going <laughs> on with this Mario movie cast? What is man, happening? It broke the internet. To quote it's, the I, author, what is happening? <laughs> I feel like, uh, so during Nintendo's latest direct uh, people were were all jazzed about Metroid Dread and like just on on things, hoping they were going to get a new Super Smash Brothers character. And Nintendo said, "No, I have the cast for the new Mario movie, and it has Chris Pratt as Mario." <laughs> and everyone was like, "Huh?" Like that was that was a big that was a big one to start with. And then it just got crazier the, the more people. So we have uh, Anya Taylor Joy as Peach. Charlie Day is Luigi. Jack Black is Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key is Toad, which, by the way, I think that's going to be amazing. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, Fred Armisen <laughs> as Cranky Kong. Kevin Michael Richardson uh, as Kamek. I don't know that character. I might be Kamek. That character. That's the Kamek? wizard okay. chick that always hangs Kamek out with Bowser. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Sebastian Maniscalco <laughs> as Spike, which I'm so excited for that. That should be ridiculous. None of these are are people I would have pegged, except for I will say Jack Black as Bowser. I think it's genius. But like outside Amazing. of that, like I wouldn't have pegged any of these people. Um, Amazing. This is the uh, animated movie, of course, from Illumination, who, by the way, was getting like ragged on in a lot of the comments for some reason. Uh, Despicable Me is phenomenal i don't know what everyone's yeah. smoking that's a great series sing was fun and delightful secret life of pets is fantastic awesome. i don't know what i don't know what everybody's on like ragging on illumination but i the cast got a lot of pushback i don't know what do you guys feel about this cast 
I mean, I, I just feel like at this point, people just like just Hollywood studios just sit in room, like like studio executives just sit in rooms and argue about animated movies and fight over Ryan Reynolds and Chris Pratt and like which ones we're <laughs> gonna get for these things or for like everything. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just every streaming animation studios argument right now. It's like we got this generic sci-fi or action movie. Who do we want? Do you want Chris Pratt or Ryan Reynolds? It's like, what did you have today? Like for lunch, do you want Chinese or Italian again? You know, like, I don't know, but uh, it's crazy. I mean, this is no, it's making me wonder what kind of, this feels like more of a winking kind of meta Mario movie than a straight up kind of adaptation. I mean, you tell me Seth Rogen. Mm, muted. Oh yeah. You cut out a little bit. Nintendo found us. Don't be talking Seth, the you, truth. You, you and don't be talking about silent. Seth Rogen. Speak man. truth to power. Well, I don't, don't know. Mess I don't, with Seth Mike, Rogen. Yeah, that was a mysterious mute. I said <laughs> Seth Rogen becomes Donkey Kong. I have a hard time taking you seriously that you're doing like a straight up faithful <laughs> adaptation of of Mario's world. You know what I mean? So can't stop me, Nintendo. In defense of this cast, because every reaction I've seen has just been laughter, especially once Jack Black gets announced. Um, if you go back to when they first announced Into the Spider-Verse, if you hadn't shown me any visuals and you had just told me the cast, I probably would have had a similar reaction and just go from the Sony guys and it's and it's these it, it's this list. Oh, and it's got a big it's gonna have a big soundtrack. Okay, this feels like a shameless cash grab. This I'm I'm not excited. And then it winds up being one of the best superhero movies ever and one of my favorite animated movies ever. So I'm going to, as ridiculous as this cast looks, I'm going to give it at least the benefit of the doubt until it comes out. If it's a total disaster, if it's Sing, then yeah, Yeah, you know. I like Matt, you, I like you have a kid. That's why I you like, like No, I like Sing I before no the child. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't pick that on Ember. <laughs> oh, like, it, it feels like Nintendo actually let the super bad guys make a Mario movie. You know what I mean? I don't know. But if it's I'm just like Lord fan. Miller, I'd be, I'd be all over it. But who's even directing this thing? Uh, hold yet, on. Let me pull it up. Yeah, they announced the director. Now, they did say, by the way, that the okay, one of the because going through all the reactions, which, by the way, was more divided than I expected. I actually thought it would be like a slew of negative, And there was, believe Wait, me. Wait, not to interrupt you, but OK, so like the directors are Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek, who did Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which and Teen Titans Go. It's not so, bad. Yeah, and so Teen Titans like, and Go Matt, rules. Yeah, and Teen Titans Go to the movie was actually funny as hell. Like that yeah. was actually a really good movie. So uh, that's a little and more the original voice of like the voice of Mario is going to be in the movie, but as other characters and cameos. Not okay, so, again, as it Mario. feels more like meta humor, kind of like winking humor, Mario, than straight up adaptation it's for the know. parents. And um, <laughs> the writer, yeah. writing the script is Matthew Fogel, who did the Lego Movie Two, and uh, it's some good talent. Minions, yeah. the rise of Gru. So there you go. Yeah, Minions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm extremely invested <laughs> in anything Mario. Like extreme, like obsessed. Because that's my number one game I stream on Twitch. Is like I literally play Mario games every single Monday. I do voice acting when I play those games. Like I'm straight up toting. I'm like, oh, damn it. I'm literally like making noises. So if I can freaking make Toad and Peach <laughs> and even Mario and Luigi. <laughs> It's so Luigi. much phrasing. This we are totally, thing, we are totally clipping so that out. The thing yeah. that's weird so is phrasing. like in Paper Mario, they don't have Mario talk 
at all. Like Luigi talks, Toad, Peach, like K-Mech, Bowser, everybody talks except for Mario. So I feel like, you know, Chris has the hardest job here because we don't really hear that all we get is like, it's a me, Mario. Like, that's all we ever get is like, it's yeah. a me, a Mario. So <laughs> I, I need Janelle to do all of the voices. I will do it. Hi, that's amazing. Hey. Who's, by the way, I saw someone tweet that, because uh, my favorite character in the Mario verse, as it were, is Yoshi. And there's oh no my Yoshi. God, where's Yoshi? And someone was like, The Rock as Yoshi. And I went, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, make that happen, please. Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. Mean, in, in further defense of this, I mean, I, I ragged on everybody getting Chris Pratt, but um, I mean, Chris Pratt did make a, gene- a literally the most generic Lego character imaginable into a really fun protagonist. True. In the Lego movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, we do know he's got the goods. And this, we should separate the you know the tomorrow war chris pratt from like lego movie chris pratt which are two very different things and janelle you made a great point bringing up paper mario because if you play any of the mario rpgs your mario and luigi way back in the super nes with super mario rpg they're always like a kind of a winking nod to just how goofy this all is they literally say the word girth like constantly oh yeah like and they're like, like you're <laughs> you're full of girth, and I'm like, oh my god, come on! Like this is amazing. It's, it's, like, Kofi just cannot believe all the phrases. Man, it has <laughs> been it has been yeah. a crazy 17 minutes. Yeah. The archer, the archer in me is really like is really antagonistic. Man, right amazing. Now. I think it's gonna oh, be man. cheeky and fun. And if you're a fan of Mario, like you're a diehard fan forever, like you gotta enjoy it. More content. Give me all the Mario content, and also the fact that they're bringing in. Crazy Cranky Kong is amazing. Like, if you play Donkey Kong Country, you did not see that coming. Like, Cranky is not a big character. It's so cool that he's going to be in it. So there you have it. This Mario movie, full of cheeky girth. There you go. I'm about there it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> Moving on. Daniel oh. Craig's talking James Bond. Oh, this should probably go just as well. Uh, we're talking about Daniel Craig talking James Bond. He, oh man. Okay, so yep. I didn't see yep, this either. There it is. I didn't, I walked into this there. one cold because I was like, let me just see what this is when we get live on the air. I it's really nothing, know. honestly, Kofi. Like, you're just doing what every news outlet wants you to do. Like, they're like, oh, he says a woman shouldn't be. And then you read it, and it's really, like, nothing. It's like okay. a, a small Okay, now break this down for me, because I, I don't want to get, like, I'm already scared from the beginning I know. of our, of our I know. It's yeah. hard. It's difficult. I get it. So I read this title. Daniel Craig doesn't think James Bond should be played by a woman. That's the headline, right? And you're like, especially as a woman, you're like, oh, Heck no. What is he saying? How dare he do this? This is like another debacle with the Doctor Who thing and bringing in a female in that role. I was all aboard. I like it. It sounds basically Daniel Craig says he doesn't think the character should be played by a woman, but it's not because of like, it's not a sexist thing. I got you. Clearly been primed. He's he been says primed. The answer to that is very simple. There should simply be better parts for women and actors of color. Why should a woman play James Bond when there should be a part just as good as James Bond for a woman? So I get it now. I get what he's saying. And yeah, I'm not going to take the bait and freak out. Uh, but <laughs> I am going to say that I feel like this once again returns us into this valley of where we are constantly stranded in entertainment these days. And the debate between entertainment and inclusiveness, which is like, 
what is the proper protocol? Like, is it better to give different kinds of people a turn with iconic characters or create more iconic characters and build up iconic characters who were started from the ground up as being kind of painted in the portrait of more diverse, you know, peoples, right? Mm. Like, so peoples of color, women, you know, anybody from the LGBTQ plus community, like building those characters up as original characters, is that better? Um, I don't think we're ever going to get to the answer to this. Like, I think right. everybody, everybody feels a certain kind of, and it's one of these weird things where like people feel a certain kind of way per situation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it, sometimes people be, might say no, like there might be a lot of women who might want, you know, more of a female version of a care of a superhero, but are like, yeah, I don't want to touch that James Bond thing. That stuff is weird and uniquely like creepy, man. So, like, I don't want to do that in there or vice versa. So yeah. we're never going to get anywhere with this, but you know, in the spirit of mortal combat, fart. I, I agree mean, with you though. It's a case by case basis because it's not a one size fits all thing. And I, I get that. Like that's a, I think that's the best way to approach it. However, my issue is not really with his first paragraph. It's with his second, because he says he can be any color, but he is male. And the idea that James Bond is such a creative tour de force type of character that he can't be like, there's nothing. This is a personality type. It is not male specific you could literally put half of the things that bond is in every damn movie i disagree with them not- to a no that's the chauvinistic stuff can go that's the dated stuff about bond that we talk about every time a movie comes out that stuff needs to go anyway you're misquoting no i'm not he can that be of any color him. i'm reading that it directly who said that I know that's well, that was, that was said it. Yeah. yes, yeah. But I'm Barbara saying his, said that. his whole thing yeah. though of there should be simply better parts for women is naive. That's not you can do. What does Kofi always say? You can walk and chew gum at the same time. We've yeah. seen it time and time again where creators have made characters, whether it's in comics, TV, or movies, that are supposed to sit alongside. They're supposed to be building up those characters, and everyone's all excited about it, and then they don't. It takes a long time to actually get a character to a stage that is James Bond level. That doesn't happen overnight. And then all along the way, people complain that that character is not up there with them. Sometimes it is okay to take a character that already has that spot and change them a bit to reflect modern times for just a change of pace. What's wrong with having a woman who's Bond? It's, I don't think they're saying there's anything wrong it. with it. They're just saying like, it's hey, and by out. the way, it's broccoli. Like you cannot get on this. This this is this is what pisses me off about the media. You cannot entitle something saying Daniel Craig says this messed up thing. And then you scroll and he's literally just spitting out verbatim what he was basically copying someone else, the producer of the long running series. Barbara Broccoli, he literally verbatim said what she said, okay, because he's clearly been groomed to say it. Like, she's the one who's saying, and is that a woman? Is Barbara a woman? Because to me, that's a woman name. She is saying he can be of any color, but he's I male. Broccoli, I'm not, we've got to be careful because there's like a Broccoli family. Yeah, it's Barbara yeah, Broccoli. Yeah, that's very famous. Particular but, but his, there's an the issue with his paragraph like. too. But here's an okay. issue with his too. I, like I'm going to try to put some balance to this. Okay, I, I'm, I, okay. 
I agree with Matt. It is naive to say that you can simply, it is always in some ways naive to say that you can simply create these new parts. It, it kind of, it, it, it is saying that in the vacuum of acting like people haven't constantly be trying to do that and trying to introduce new characters. Like there isn't a thousand diverse people out there right now creating their own content and their own characters and trying to get them to the level of a thing. Um, I feel like this is a good time for me to personally get on my soapbox and stump for the return of the salt franchise with Angelina Jolie, which, uh, you know, I very much enjoyed and would really like to see returned. Uh, but you know, every time we get a female spy series like salt, then the first thing we had to do is talk about, could this lady really knock out a person and all this stuff and, you know, all this crap. And that's why these things struggle. James Bond also tried to introduce Jinx and Halle Berry and give her an entire franchise that didn't happen. Now, whether that was because of die another day or just because people weren't ready for a different, a female person of color to even have a spinoff in James Bond of her own. Like, I don't know, but these things have been happened and been tried. So I, I do see what Matt is saying now at the same time bar. I don't agree with Barbara Broccoli, but I do. I agree with her end destination, but not for the reason she's saying, because she wants more James Bond. She's the producer of James Bond. She wants more of this to continue. Okay. That's her motivation. And so it's the dollar dollar bills. I don't necessarily, I think I recognize as somebody who's been doing this for at least the last decade, who has covered Bond films for the last decade, that it is getting increasingly hard to keep the Bond thing vibrating at the same frequency of our current universe. Like it is increasingly hard to keep bringing this character back every single time and, and still have people be like, this guy is still a fit for our times. Like even the films themselves are becoming kind of meta reflexive with saying this dude is a dude out of his own time. Like this is a relic. Like this guy is from a different time and it doesn't really fit anymore. I don't necessarily want to put a female person in that in that situation now when it's disintegrating and getting harder and crappier and be like, now you carry this bag. You got it, sis. Like, I don't want to like I don't want to bring her into this mess this late. If we were talking like the Bond franchise at its height and we're having this debate, that's different. But like we're struggling to even make this thing still fit. And once you bring in a female and you start doing this and you're still trying to make now a woman jump through these old relics, like it's you're basically in new character. Territory. I mean, it could save it, though. Here's here's what I this is the bottom line is that I want to say, like, I want a woman bond. I don't want to be mistaken about that. My only huff and puff about this whole situation is media. And since we are media entitling things in a certain way and giving an impression of what someone said, and then you going to the article and you realizing that, okay, wait a minute, it wasn't said like that. Like it's, there's a different story here. Like, I don't believe in that, but I do believe in a woman taking up the mantle as James Bond. I believe in a woman as Dr. Who, I believe in women coming in this media and setting it on fire and killing it. I am a woman's woman, but I don't like the way media takes these quotes and blows them up. That's what I'm trying to say. And I don't get feisty on anything. And that that bothers me because there's so many things to get upset about. And this is like the last thing we need to be freaking out about, honestly. What's your Ocean's 8 review? <laughs> I mean, I liked it, but I like everything because more content. <laughs> All right. Good. I'm just checking that you went out and saw Ocean's 8 because... <laughs> of course. And Ghostbusters. All right. <laughs> like, just making sure. I'm, I like I'm making sure. Just covering our bases here. Uh, I mean, I love <laughs> the speech, but just making sure. Make sure the money's on the table always. Pe- but you speeches. have to read the whole thing. Like, th- thankfully, oh, no. in this article, like, you can read the entire quote that, you know, Broccoli said. And 
it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Matt on like we we should absolutely let a woman take this. But also, like, why do we care what Daniel Craig thinks? Like, why do we even have to ask that? Like, I just don't I don't even care if he thinks it should be a woman or a male. I don't care. <laughs> Personally, he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's like stuck he with wants out of that he series. Out. Five yeah. years ago. He's, yeah. he's like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's looking at the exit the entire time. He's saying, don't worry about it. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, so we've solved nothing, as I said, we would. We, we're still just somewhere in the middle, and we've solved absolutely nothing. And the debate goes on, but uh, I mean, we got it out. And I think we all made good points and said good things, and I don't think any of us is getting canceled. So that's a good win. So we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we are going to jump into Star Wars Vision talking what if and titans and so much that we have got to get to get to so let's get on it all right all right so let's talk what if this week a lot easier subject party thor What did everybody think? Of We're going to argue on this too because I already know Matt's not on board. I was on Phase Zero this week and I had to like stand up for Party Thor. Let's go. Wait, wait why am I not on board? Why? Because I, I saw your tweet. You said that the Star Wars stuff was so much better than what if. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with that. That's true. That, that's a whole separate debate. I agree with that ten times. But like, no, I mean, it was good to get a come on. Like, it was good to get an episode of What If that didn't make me want to slip my wrist at the end. You know, yeah, like, like, like it, it's been, dude. It has been nothing but like the zombies kill the Avengers of all. Like, my son watched Hulk blow up and was like, "Wait, what?" And I was like, "Oh, oh turn this off." Like, yeah, like it's just been nothing but craziness. Oh and even just the happy moments, like hearing Chadwick. Bozeman's last line had me like on the floor of my shower, like, you know, cradling my shampoo bottle because I was like, this is like an emotional wreck. Like, I'm not ready for this. Like, gives so much insight into how Kofi handles live. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, yeah, I mean, and so, like, this was a nice reprieve because it was just silly. It was just fun. And the voice cast actually got to have fun. And you could hear them having fun, especially Chris Hemsworth. Like he did a great job just becoming party Thor and making that all feel really fun and just kind of lighthearted. And I was grateful for that. Was it Hemi? I didn't know it was him or not. Yeah, oh yeah, it was Chris Hemsworth. Or it was Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Um, uh, Yeah. And he had a great time doing it. Like, well, I'm going to go last. I'm gonna let everybody get. I'm gonna let everybody. Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston was great in this one. I feel too. I feel like I'm too combative. Well, Matt, then I'll be the positive one this time because I thought this episode was lovely. I think What If has been very hit or miss week to week. But like Kofi said, it is nice to get a reprieve from the constant negativity of Doctor Strange accidentally up and went and killed his universe. The zombies are killing everyone, but we're still making Futurama jokes about it. And then, oh, we're going to watch Tony Stark die for like the fifth time this season. This time it's like, nope, it's just a party. It plays like a Looney Tunes cartoon when... Carol and Thor getting beaten from one country to the next, and there's oh, big yeah. letters that just say France. Oh, yeah. We I can't even, even even hit on um, that. Da- Carol like learns to be less of a Karen as the episode goes on, and that's always a positive. And yeah, no, this was fun. Janelle. Matt is stewing. I can tell it. Janelle, what would you oh, think? Oh, I'll just say it's good so that I don't get in trouble with the chat. <laughs> oh. Oh, I think woman. I think I think a woman should have been Thor. I think we should have had like Lady Thor as Lady. We're getting that. 
Man, <laughs> I, I have good news. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> girls are so impatient. It's coming. Dude, it's I loved it. Show. I loved it. I thought it was great. I think it was funny. I got to see so many cameos. I had a rough week myself, like personally. So to have something like Kofi said that was like funny and and happy, it was awesome. And then even just uh, you know, watching it's watching the watchers reaction to the end there. It was, gotcha. it was great. Like it was really exciting that even the watcher was like totally caught off guard. I loved that moment. Yo man, I'm going to put it out here. Captain Marvel versus party Thor is one of the MCU's best battles I've seen. Yo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start off. I'm going to see, I'm going to start off with positive. So I'm going to start off with positive and say, I agree that battle rocked. that the battle part is really cool. I was thinking of you this whole episode. I was like, I wonder how much he's going to like this. I mean, it was, it was that part was awesome. Like, I mean, it's always cool to actually see her unleash in the same way with Thor. And I liked Hemsworth's fun vibe, you know, in between, like it it fit there, right. If it fit within the theme of the episode. So I I dug that. Um, Ironically. Okay. So here's the problem though. I watched this after visions and I should not have done that. I should have done it the opposite. And I yeah. feel like if I had, I would have maybe enjoyed it more. But I came off of such, as we'll get into later, such an amazing like launch of that series that coming back to what if just felt like I was taking 10 steps back. And I think I'm just over this show. Like I think I think I'm just over it, like in general. Like I just, it's not, I, I know what it is now. It doesn't shake things up enough from episode to episode to, to really get me back in. These endings are seem to be just like things without substance. Like there's not that connecting tissue. And I feel like at this point there should be some connecting tissue there. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's my issue with this show is that I came in off of something really, really great and it just didn't land as, as much um, just cause it's kind of, I just kind of over the show. I will say also to Connor's point, here's my problem. Um, and this episode does the same thing that Endgame did. I don't, the, the MCU is not very good at writing Carol. And <laughs> like, uh, yeah, not very good at this because that's not her. And for anyone who's read the damn comics, you know that. Like, it's not a hard leap. I've been reading this character ever- for years. I've been reading this character for years. If you're ever getting Carol Danvers from the comics, in the but MCU. like that's my yeah. that's my thing. So I'm constantly sailed. I'm constantly evaluating that against the character. So it, when a character comes in, be, this has to be the first time you have ever been critical of Captain Marvel. That's not true. Oh. Everyone who reads my who reads my monthly reviews of Captain Marvel comics knows that. And anyone who's seen like my various takes on her over the years knows that. I'm okay. not completely blind. To that, I, I have okay. issues with the character sometimes. The whole her whole storyline, Civil War Two, is trash. Like I'm not opposed to saying bad things about the character, but okay. when it's due, and here, like immediately, I'm like, why is Captain Marvel so damn unlikable? Like, why do you keep writing her this way? Because <laughs> like, it's so because weird. Because there's a word there's a word for her on Midgar, and it's not the one you're thinking of. It's party. So poop. I'm saying like, and this is the same problem I had with the Russo brothers. Like that whole the whole thing at Endgame is like, oh my god, why are you so unlikable? Look, it's tough love time. Like nobody, n- nobody knows what to do with this character in the MCU yet, nope. and she's not really had an opportunity to really 
do and anything. She's literally very- had five minutes when she gets her powers and memories back at the end of her own movie, and another two minutes at the end of Endgame playing. Wow, with Tom and there is a, that's about there, it. that was very- without a script, right? Like yeah. they didn't have like it's just I understand. I'm not even pinning it all on the Russos because I understand parts of it are the movie wasn't done yet. You're going off of a bunch of stuff. I get that, so I'm not saying like it's it's their fault, but I just yeah, what? this character just doesn't is not sometimes and that's why i'm excited about the marvels because it's one the costa and I'm, I'm excited to see what she can do with the character but also it's like okay we finally got all the beginning stuff out of the way we can actually maybe let this character be this character well i think and it's also gonna that, be time when when there's a time in every marvel actor's career they have to wait at first but then like what hemsworth did after dark world right like yeah. he stopped messing around and he stepped up and took ownership of that character right. and said look like this is what we're doing like, I'm not going for this. And there was a whole thing about it. I'm not going for the stereotypical leading man, masculine thing. Like, I'm going funny. Like, I'm going this and I'm going that. And, like, this is what I'm doing. And I want to see what Brie Larson can do when she finally has right. the reins. Yeah. Man, I, I, think, I think there's a very good chance she's going to be the least likable character in her second movie. Because no, see that, we already, okay, we already love Monica Rambeau. And Miss Marvel's going to have her show by that <sighs> point. There's a very good chance she's going to kill it. So... Okay. Then you're in third place. I don't think. Okay, number one, I am not pitting three women against each other like that before we even see a damn movie. I'm not doing. I'm not falling into that. Monica more than I like. I'm not falling into that stupid Reddit trap. (laughs) So I'm gonna wait to see that when it when it hits. I have full faith in Brie Larson that she can knock this character out of the park. It's not. It's not an issue there. So I think they're all likable. We're gonna go down a hole here. Uh, phrasing. All right, Titans. Move on. You did it this time. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. I know. Not me. Titans. Just, I didn't we, get. We should just rename this to, episode "Phrasing." I didn't you get really to should. Titans this week. I there was too much I had to watch. So what? I don't care. I don't care about spoilers. You guys can go into it. I'm I'm watching it right after this. Dude. I had to do Star Wars visions and a whole bunch of other stuff. But uh, yes, go ahead. Okay, okay. Janelle. Janelle, what do you think? Why I should watch this. There's just a Sell ton me. of stuff happening. Elevator okay. pitch. I, I have to say, I started watching Doom Patrol for the first time oh. this week. So it's I the watched. Better show. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's yeah, so it is. Good. I mean, that's, I'm on, debating that. I'm on like the fifth episode of Doom Patrol, so I'm so screwed up because I, I, it's hard for me to even oh. remember what happened in Titans yeah. right now. So can Matt? Can you kind of like refresh because my brain yeah. is like Jello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So here we actually get uh, starts out where we pick up from season two, where Raven is in Themyscira ah. and has kind of there for this ritual, trying to get Donna back from all that. So we actually pick up because that we've we've done little hints, but we haven't actually seen her almost this entire season. So we pick up there, and you kind of get the details there, but. That's not the best part. No, I, now I'm remembering. Okay. Oh, God. So the best part is, and by the way, spoilers for Titans coming. Massive. So if you want to do your little, your, your little thing there, Rich. Super producer, Rich. Uh, if you want to do a spoiler tag. Um, so we get the this whole thing because, of course, in the last episode, Tim Drake was shot. And by the way, Tim Drake. Oh, my God. I, we got to get him on the show to talk to him because mm. oh my god, this dude is so good in this part. Um, so we see this train sequence and we're seeing like that it's kind of they're in this in between place between like the afterlife and their you know living bodies, right? And so he's kind of getting accustomed to this and it's this train and it's all in black and white. It's really cool. Uh, and then we see Donna there 
And so then they kind of have this cool, they go on this kind of adventure and then it gets super weird because then we get like ghouls because these ghoul things keep you on this train because this train is supposed to take you like from place to place. You're not supposed to leave the train. And these things are supposed to keep things on the train. But then we see Hank. It's like drive up in his, <laughs> and like he's around and he saves them. And then we get like the re- reunion of him and his brother from the past season. Oh my God. Like, and there's, and there's a whole ending sequence where Drake and Donna like are back. So it looks like anyway, that they're back in the realm of the living and Hank kind of is the Drake one that. And Donda? No, I'm just kidding. And I, I saw the thing, by the way, I can't believe you like Donda. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get into a whole other thing. Um, so uh so so then we're so now they're back in the living, and then like Hank couldn't leave because he was like the one like helping the there's so also, much he has no body to go back to. I started thinking about that. Right, that's true too. Oh god, because it's all in bits. Oh man, mm-hmm. RIP. Um so yeah, yeah, like there's there's a lot in this episode. And then by the way, the whole episode starts off with Bruce, like Oh my god! Writing his last will and testament, and so like there's there's a lot going on here. But kind of like, what if as far as like a departure? This was very different um, in theme and feel than like a lot of the previous episodes. It's very different, and you know, there's really not a ton of titans other than Donna and Drake. You know, yeah. it's very much focused on them, and then you get a little bit of Raven. Um, so, but we're building, right? We're building to like all of them coming together as a there's a big team and the family getting back there. It's yeah, it's, it's cool. There was a lot going on here. If you've been a fan of the show for the last couple of seasons, Asta. And they did such a good job. I love the cinematography. I love the black and white feel like they obviously make it feel very, very different than uh, what it was and, or like what it's been. Uh, and it just, it, yeah, it's, they do a great job, but I really, really hope Hawk comes back somehow i don't know how it's gonna happen this might just be like finally like he's has his little happy ending and yeah we're probably not gonna see him again but if they brought him back and they found a way i would be so excited <laughs> yeah no yeah sorry danny the pug we got it we got teach stream labs not to oh no <laughs> not to flip out every time grayson's name is said in the chat <laughs> oh my gosh that's <laughs> so great it flags him every time and it's hilarious <laughs> richard, i feel so bad I can get together oh my now. god <laughs> Bring all that old richard d <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right god, that was good. So, all right yeah, did a good just, sale so i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that all right let's move on to star wars visions Yo, I will be quick and just say, um, you know, I was kind of interested to see what happened when Star Wars and anime collided, and I am really impressed with the results. I'm really impressed because this wasn't like Star Wars trying to be anime. This was anime celebrating Star Wars, and I think that's a very important distinction. This is very famous and skilled anime makers who are like obviously geeking out and overjoyed to be able to play with the Star Wars universe and and tell their own really great stories. And they are, they, and they do just that. They tell really great stories that are done in beautiful anime format in different, very different styles, uh, but kind of really highlights all that anime has to offer in terms of style, skill, Japanese cultural influence, but all of it also very fun Star Wars story stuff. And I was surprised by some of the ones, even some of the more kiddie ones I didn't think I would like, I was, I was very much taken by. And um, yeah, one thing I, I had to watch it just first, the dubbed, because I just needed to get kind of through it and make sure I caught all the episodes. 
But I highly suggest I've watched the first episode, The Duel, and I suggest you go back and change the soundtrack to Japanese with English subtitles and like true Japanese because the Japanese voice cast is freaking fantastic. It's amazing when you watch it with the Japanese and the subtitles and stuff. So if you're a uh, deep anime fan, that option is on Disney+. Plus. Go on there, put on the uh, Japanese track with the subtitles and, and watch it again because I it's even I know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it is so dope. I mean, not that I didn't hear like hearing like Allison Brie and people and, you know, Patrick Harris come through and stuff. But um, yeah, the Japanese track is amazing. The voice acting is amazing. It's like true anime. But uh, the visuals and the Star Wars-ness of it all is, is so great. And Star Wars plus anime, it is great marriage. And I can't wait to see more of these yeah, that man, that first uh, I've watched it. I've watched a couple of them. I haven't made my way throughout all through all of them, but I've watched like the first five um, and like not each one didn't hit for me. Like, like, I don't think any of them so far have hit like that first one hit. Well, I mean, but, the first one's the first one for a reason. Yeah, but like, oh, my God, like just on that alone. OK, just on that one episode. And I've liked some of the other ones, too. But I'm just saying like that one is just such a. My jaw was on the floor like the entire time. There's so many amazing sequences in there. It just feels so different, but it feels Star Wars. It's just so fresh. And I, and I did see someone's thing of like, you know, I kind of wish that what if kind of was that like an embracing a different style, embracing a different approach every episode as opposed to the same format and just like different stories. I would love for them to apply this to that. Um I, I, man, that was that was amazing, um, dude. Um, I really like ta- Tatooine Rhapsody, but th- um, I watched that with my son, and we really liked that. Um, the twins, I thought would be better, but it was still good. The visuals on that are crazy. The Village Bride is is freaking beautiful, even if I didn't yeah. like the story as much. The Ninth Jedi is really good. That's kind of an action one. TLB one, if you like anything like Astro Boy and that kind of series, like that one's gonna really speak to you the elder is also up there with the duel the animation style is different but it's the same kind of thing it's basically star wars with like nin- like samurai uh, yeah and, and a dark lord versus a powerful jedi um and i got the last two lapanocho and uh, akakiri are the last two and i have to watch those two but yeah so far these are really good and what it is is they do a good like i said in the beginning they do a good job of appealing to different types of anime like if you like things like hunter x hunter and that kind of more kid flavored anime style then something like the twins is going to be right up your alley because it is very like anime cartoonish expressions like everything you expect it to be while something like the duel is darker anime unique kind of animating style more japanese kind of painting style and that's more adult and same thing with the duel um, while things like the Village Bride or if you love Princess Mononoke and all that kind of Studio Ghibli kind of stuff is very much in that flavor. So like it's all it's got it all. Now, uh, real quick, before we move into other things, do we want to hit the kind of semi breaking news of the Marvel copyright stuff? No, I didn't. Well, what's happening? Okay. Yes. So, say it. So. Um, all right. So essentially. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Steve Dicko, uh, Gene Colan, and others were attempting to claim copyright termination on characters they helped create, which, of course, includes like, you know, <laughs> some big some big characters. Right. Uh, and now Marvel is suing 
Disney's Marvel unit is suing, according to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, suing to hold on to Avengers characters, including Iron Man, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Falcon and others. Um, essentially, they are trying to terminate the copyright is what like the Dicko estate is attempting to do. And if they were this whole time, man. If they were able to do that. According to the termination notice, Marvel would lose rights to its iconic character of Spider-Man specifically in June 2023. So now Marvel is suing to keep that from happening, saying that, uh, let's see, the suits seek declaratory relief that these blockbuster characters are ineligible for copyright termination as works made for hire. Mm. So it is going to get probably uglier before it gets, <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. Uh, and these are like, you know, it's not like this is like typeface. This is, these are like major characters that like Marvel has built its brand on that. Uh, that could be a big, that could be a big thing. It's, Dude, I feel like if, it's been a little rough this, for Disney. If this happens, like this is major, like this sets a whole new precedence. Like Jack Kirby's estate is going to get up in arms. Right. There's mm-hmm. so many other people's like, this Schuster, opens the door. Schuster, Siegel, Kane, like so many other people. All those 70s people. Marv Wolfman, like all those people. Like, Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Mar- uh, pff, Disney's going to, yo, Disney's going to, I mean, they're going to, I see them spending top dollar to at least tie this up in courts forever. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I don't. I want my Doctor Strange content. Please. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, and like people say in the comments, like, I don't know, man. Like the Ditko Estate. Like, I don't know if anybody's going to champion you. Yeah, I mean, at this point in my life, I normally I'm a writer. I'm a content creator. I could I see it that way. But I also got a son now who was went to school today, just stacked in Spider Man. You know, right. merchandise. Arb, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm literally I'm, I'm wearing too a deep. shirt. Yeah, I'm <laughs> in too deep. I'm in too deep now. I, I don't know. I want you to have your money. I mean, but I don't think they, I mean, they're not going to hold it and deprive the world of that. They get assassinated. No. Like, they're going <laughs> to obviously flip it right back to Disney for tons more money. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or some kind of deal that sets their family up throughout generations or something like that. Yeah. And this is not the only one because according to it, it says uh, Larry Lieber filed termination notices over his brother Stan Lee's creations this past May. So it's several termination notices that they are facing. So it seems like it's not it hasn't even it's already started to be other people kind of jumping into wow. that. Yeah, Chad Harker over on YouTube says many lawyers will be sacrificed by Disney. And I just keep imagining the beginning of the Tomorrow War, like I just port all of them in <laughs> and just like drop them. And, like, have we them are from the future. We need your help. <laughs> like we got to stop this copyright thing. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank God for indie comics. Somebody said, wow, Brywood. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, this is going to get messy. But uh, yeah, I mean, Good for you, Ditko Estate, for having the cojones to stand up to Goliath like this because, I mean, this is one of those things like you're going to face the full wrath. Like, yeah, this is this is a do or die. Like, do we guys, throw all our money in our war chest at this. I wonder if like this Scarlett Johansson thing kind of like made other people perk up and go, well, she can do it. We can come after them. You make God bleed and you know what happens after that. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> Batman v Superman still helping us. 
All right, moving right along from that, um, we were talking Star Wars visions. Uh, Connor, Janelle, did you guys have Star Wars visions things to close up, and then we're gonna we're gonna go on a speedy mat rundown of things. Beautiful. I mean, the whole thing. I've only watched up to episode five. It's beautiful. I will say, not being the biggest Star Wars fan, and also never really being into any kind of anime whatsoever, I could still get into this. This is your um, comeback. Yeah, I mean, I would say that this is like life changing. After the whole Bond thing, this is your comeback. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, like it's it's enjoyable. I I am really happy to watch it. I can't wait to like continue on. But I still like what if better. But that's because they're my heroes, and that's my fandom. That's all good. No, I mean it's yeah. all good. I know we just threw you into a double deep in there. So thanks. <laughs> You guys are like, hey, this Star Wars, we're going to talk about this. And then I look it up and it's like nine episodes. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) It's Star Wars and anime, Janelle. You got this. Uh, What do you, uh, Connor, what did you think? This is is on my to-do list this weekend, along with the Ted Lasso season finale, the first three episodes of Doom Patrol, and all the season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because I want to binge it at once. Wait, are you guys saying new Doom Patrol is out? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to watch it. three episodes. So I am we only just on season episodes. one. Oh, tell my god. Yes. oh yeah. my god! Oh, so much to do. So much. Yeah, they're overlapping, so which I didn't think they would do, but yeah, they're overlapping. Yeah, I so. didn't think that would ever happen. That's that's crazy. What is wrong with HBO Max, man? Um, oh, let's so busy. Uh, let's skip the the Guardian scene. We can always hit on that later because I know we got a bunch to to hit before the the show is. Do you want to move into the uh, Tudum? Is, you know, I want you to run down everything that you have here. You got, I mean, there's a lot to do. We got comics, we got your run, you got games, you got comics, you got wrestling. We'll, we'll skip the other thing. Okay. So, uh, I, okay. So we actually have the Netflix big event, which I, <laughs> I, I didn't know how I felt about that name, but actually, but I actually kind of dig it now. Um, so we're going to get a bunch of, at Tadum, we're going to get a bunch of uh, sneak peeks at everything Netflix has, which if you've seen the list, like they released like three tweets that like all the things are going to show off. I didn't realize how much content netflix has just in the pipeline it's kind of ridiculous um but super crooks i'm very excited about because i know like jupiter's legacy was a little like divisive uh i still love that world i'm excited to explore the uh super crooks anime that is based on the villains uh from that world so i'm, I'm excited to get a first look at that uh you know i was going to mention the witcher because we're going to get season two uh, looks. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a Yennefer trailer because we've we've got one for Geralt and Siri at this point. Uh, also, at this point, Blood Origin, the prequel spinoff, is in production. Has been in production for long enough that we might get like a first look, you know, images or a tease of something. Like we actually might get something. I I doubt we'd get a trailer, obviously, but like we might get something. So I'm actually excited for that because that has been like radio silent. Uh, and then of course uh, the, is it red notice? The one is the rock and yeah. Reynolds. Okay. Uh, so like, I, I actually think that looks fun and <laughs> ridiculous. And I'm it's actually, every movie. <laughs> it is, it is every Netflix movie, it's every movie, the movie is it right. It is. But like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it looks fun. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, so, of course, uh, we'll probably get looks at a bunch of stuff that we don't even know about yet. Uh, there's a whole anime presentation. So, I mean, Janelle, if you wanted to leap into anime, there's going to be a ton of it. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> this is the first time. Yeah, um, I feel like the Star Wars thing can definitely get me into it. I, I think I started off on Avatar Last Airbender and it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. But, you know, this other one was great. 
Nice. Uh, so let's move there. Um, I will give a quick shout out. Uh, if you go to comicbook.com, you can check out our hands-on preview of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, we got some hands-on time with it. There was a bunch of footage released. Uh, there's actually like a full preview and an interview uh, with the Velma team as well. Um, it, it actually looks so I wasn't as high on it when they released the, the first details of the trailer because it was like you can only control Star-Lord. And that's a bummer to me, right? Because like the rest of the, like Star Wars, the most boring member of the team. <laughs> Why do I want to control just him? Uh, but they did kind of go into, you know, we knew you could issue commands essentially to the rest of your team. But to kind of go into more detail on it, essentially, uh, there's about four uh, abilities per character. And so you can like like you essentially like hit the button pick that character that you want to access their abilities then it opens another thing of being able to pick those abilities and you can kind of create combos amongst your team and really get the most out of that so like that sounds fun there, there seems to be some depth there um there's also a really fun thing called huddles which it's essentially kind of like your your ultimate meter that builds up over time it's got a really long cooldown but like you get into literally you, you hit it and you get into a football style huddle with the other guardians and it's like first person from star lord's point of view and you have to kind of like address their concerns like they have issues of how the battle is going and they're like ah, it's, it's not here like maybe we should do this and you have to make choices and like address their concern and depending on how you answer them. And if you actually manage to like inspire them, everybody gets a boost and everybody heals and like your attack goes up and stuff. If you fail, only star Lord gets the boost. And so like, there's kind of this ongoing thing, like they're doing uh banter, not just banter in the battles, but like there's kind of ongoing storylines happening during the battles. Very, very guardians of the galaxy. So that part seems really cool um and so hopefully they can capture from what i've heard the humor is pretty pretty on point um even though the trailer didn't wow me it sounds promising so you can check out all that coverage on comicbook.com all right so let's get in the comics uh let's see let's start with uh let's start with death of dr strange number one uh because that seems like a fitting uh thing to go so uh in this by the way by two books on here by jed mckay uh, oh. Shout out to Jim McKay because he's killing it lately. Um, this one sets up uh, exactly what it what it leads. It's a, it's a mini series, and it's the death of Doctor Strange, and so it does not hold back on that. You get to see how that plays out uh, with a twist at the end. That uh, do we want to spoil the twist? We can spoil the twist. Put a spoiler warning up if you don't mind, Rich. And I'll spoil the t- <laughs> I'll spoil the twist because it is really interesting. Um, so the whole time, uh, Strange is like talking about um, the burden of being a Sorcerer Supreme, all the responsibilities it comes with, and then he is killed by a mysterious force. You don't know what it is. You see the battle play out only from his perspective. And so when everybody else finds him, like the narration is still going, like his narration, and he's talking about this one sorcerer throughout his monologue and so he then says like well i didn't do what he did but when i was younger and a little more brash i did do something that was kind of like that and so you you learn that like he had a contingency and (laughs) set something up to where if he died in the present his like younger self from the past would come back and like 
try and figure things out. And so it's a, it's a really interesting twist. And I'm really curious to see where it goes. I mean, I ended up digging it. It is a little wordy, but I, I ended up digging it. What do you guys think? A lot of preamble to get to that last page, but it's, a, it's <laughs> an interesting hook. A lot of preamble. I get like, why you guys hook. like X-Men like that, because like I feel like that's uh, so wordy. It's so wordy. And then you give me my favorite hero and I'm like, give me more words. So it's fine. (laughs) You're right, Kobe. It is definitely takes a minute. That's like the second Doctor Strange book that we've talked about where it was like, oh my God, there's so many words. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mind it at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, I I feel like, because Kofi's right, there was a lot of preamble to get to that point. But I was, I, once we got there though, I did kind of come away and go, okay, I, you, you, yeah, you, you get why. Yeah, you, you, got you get why because you have to you have to I mean this is the only point in the story until probably the end where we're gonna get this older strange, right? So it's important to do a deep character dive into who he is and like where he's come and like how he is at this point in his life, and which is what this book does. It shows him you the wisdom and the compassion and all the stuff he's learned and how to value things and having his hands back and now his new perspective of that. And, and how far he's come as a developed character so that therefore we can remember that young Dr. Strange is just an asshole and he hasn't right. come at far at all. Like, and so that'll be kind of like the, you know, you got to juxtapose. I get it as a storyteller, yeah. but um, it, it does make for a clunky thing. But once you get through it, it'll be more exciting because you'll be see how brash and, and kind of, like I said, an a-hole young Dr. Strange really is. I don't, is it, I don't like that one. And he says sounds. I I thought that was so that running gag. It was like, you know, my, I haven't heard you say that in forever. And it's like, uh, I thought it was funny anyway, just on its own. Um, also, I will always, anytime Bats is in a Doctor Strange oh, book, yeah. I will always be happy. I I love it. And we even got a Lucky the Pizza Dog reference. You're awesome. ridiculous, yeah. man. That was You're awesome. ridiculous, right. man. So uh, moving on to the other Jed McKay book, we'll, we'll stay on Marvel. Uh, Moon Knight number three. Um, oh my God. Cause I, I tweeted about this, uh, during the week. Cause I was like, there is that last, that last like three pages. The whole issue is for me anyway, the whole issue is great, but that final three pages, I was giddy in my chair. Like I was just losing it as I was reading. I was like, Oh my God, he picks up a baseball bat. And like that whole sequence, he is such a badass. Jed McKay is just like nails that part of Moon Knight is just like, oh my god, everything I love about Moon Knight, how unorthodox he is, and like, the whole battle with Hunter's Moon that we've wanted to see, I thought, delivered, and like, I like all the little uh, notes in the mythology of like, why are you fighting that way? Like, there's so many really interesting things for Moon Knight as a, as a concept there. And then just the personal stuff of like, who Spectre is at the end. I, I was all over this book, this book ruled, uh, for me anyway. Uh, what did you guys think? Um, it was it was good. It was like a really self-contained issue. It was just everything you would want. It was a good fight uh, and a good conversation to go with it. And that's what makes a good duel. So, I mean, this was good. And Hunter Hunter's Moon, I'm glad they didn't drag that out and overstay his welcome. Like right. they really kind of got to it. And it was a good affirmation of who Moon Knight is. And it actually made a really good point about him not being this slick fighter because he just had to basically like muddle his way through both mental insanity and being the fist of Khonshu on his own and like didn't really get anything from it. But it <laughs> no. also sets up 
But it also does set the stage for a potential interesting evolution of the character if he does get this download that, you know, right. that is out there. Yeah. And Hunter's Moon's not gone, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's going to come back and be a regular, I'm sure, uh, featured character at, at some point. But yeah, well, I agree. Moon Knight I has a ghost good. maker, you know? Like, yeah. Moon Knight exactly. has a ghost maker, so it's good. Uh, Janelle, I know you've been digging Moon Knight. What do you think? Yeah. I Just like Kofi said, I feel like in this just one issue alone, they do a great job of like defining who Moon Knight is and like his past and, and what makes Moon Knight, what Moon Knight is and all of those things without it just literally being like an inner monologue. Like, right. and that's really well done. I like that a lot, but yeah, great. I'm lo- comics have been so good recently. I'm having a blast reading comics in general. Yeah. Oh, it's so happy. It makes me so happy. All right. So we're switching over to DC. And by the way, that was the fan vote of Moon Knight was the fan good vote job. this week. So thank you. Thanks yeah, I know. Good that. pick, everybody. Really good pick. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good pick. Um, I also saw in here, I did not get a chance to read. Um, oh, I saw it in the comments and I can't find it now. Um, but there was uh, a DC book that I've, I've heard a couple things about, have not had a chance to read it. Um, but I will definitely read it this week and, and give impressions. Miracle Molly. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, no, I, I want to read Miracle Molly because I've been interested in the Tinian Fear State stuff. I want to read that. Um, uh, somebody said Rorschach. I'm not talking Rorschach. I decided to I bailed out after we did ep- uh, chapter one until the whole thing is done. When it's all done, I'm going to sit down and read it as a trade. Then I we'll think, talk about Rorschach. Is it 12 the last one? Yeah. So okay, yeah. It's, it's now finishing and I'm waiting to get it collected so I can sit down and read the whole thing. I refuse to jump into that crazy thing <laughs> until I can read it all. I, after oh. you know, the first issue broke me. So I was like, I really want to read it, but we're going to do that when when we For do sure. it. Um, also, Alien should be coming to an end, the Marvel oh, Alien, yeah. which has been good. So that's also oh, out there. I forgot uh, about Alien. Yeah, yeah, Alien's so good. Yeah, there, there's been so stuff. many... I mean, right now, like, there's just a ton of comics. Yeah, you like so, darker stuff, Alien and uh, House on the Lake are both great. So, and by the way, I will throw this out there: House of Slaughter, very soon. Something's killing the children is excellent. House Let's of Slaughter something, is coming. Very something soon. completely different than all of that. Aquaman the Becoming. Aquaman the Becoming. <laughs> Aquaman right. the Becoming. So, uh, for those who've been following the the Aquaman books, um, you know, Jackson Hyde is kind of in line to take that mantle um he's kind of become more of like andy's protector uh andy is the little girl of mara and arthur um so like it's it's, there's a lot of there's a big family vibe in the aquaman book so this is really the first step in kind of jackson really taking that mantle uh aquaman's training him to become aquaman you know so he can just be arthur um and i look this was uh uh brandon thomas um big fan we, I've always big fan of his work, so I was excited for this. Uh, I think it, I think it did a really good job of like making Jackson. I mean, Jackson's been very relatable uh, in the other books, and he's a he's an easy character to root for. And I thought you got a lot of that here. Um, you know, it set up some interesting stuff with like uh, the Atlantean mythos, and we didn't even touch on you know the fact that like Black Mantis his father. But I like that we touched like we have his mother in the book, and you know that's a recurring thing. So like. I imagine Black Manta will come at some point down the line in this book. But I I mean, I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed this. What did you guys think? All I'm going to say is I liked it and I liked what DC's doing with this kind of line and, and putting their kind of LGBTQ characters out front and center. And I like this book. Only thing I didn't like is please, for the love of God, do not try to make these older DC heroes fit into this new age paradigm. Do not have Aquaman tell 
Jackson, I'll find you a cute boy when you come back. Like, yes, oh, I, like, yeah. I agree. That, that was a I, weird was line. Just, it just didn't make. Yeah, that was yeah, a weird was line. Like, so Aquaman is now your gay wingman. No, I don't. I don't see it. I don't buy it. Like that was a weird line. Yeah, that was I a agree. Weird line like cut yeah. that off. But conversely, like you know, Brandon Thomas really does get like a uh, black family dynamic really well. I love what he does with that. So like the scene with the mom is that's great completely other side of the universe is perfect when she when he leaves and she turns to the guy and is like yeah tell me what's up what are you <laughs> what are your intentions <laughs> yeah. with my son but how she handles it with him when he's all nervous and she's just like uh uh-huh. and then he leaves like that was spot on perfect and like and what i love about diversity where you don't have to hammer it and you just right you fit it into the natural you make people see the real world dynamics of how people actually do deal with this in, in real world stuff but the aquaman thing no yeah good no. point yeah, Get us in that. You did a very good job on this book otherwise, but that kind of thing broke it for me. It was like, DC, this sounds like you trying too hard. Like, <laughs> very good it. point. Yeah. Very good point. Janelle, what do you think? Oh, just charming. Like, just it, I love the bright colors and the artwork. And man, those those men, they look great. <laughs> they're like they're pretty men. They're drawn beautifully, like the eyes and the hair and the oh, it just it looked really, really good, which of course made me like the book. I really enjoyed reading it. And uh, yeah, I think they're doing a great job. Just really likable, fun, interesting, cool. And I like it. I'm pumped. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of good comics. Again, uh, you can check out all of our reviews on comicbook.com. But that is comics this week. All right, guys. We're going to do uh, here. I'm just going to throw out some quick mentions before we do this, because I'm going to let you guys just go. And we're going to close this out with some wrestling talk. Uh, Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. If you haven't seen that, that was a crazy show. The finale aired this week. Um, Man, if you have kids, this one's an emotional one. So uh, prepare yourself. But uh, Nine Perfect Strangers was pretty enjoyable on Hulu. So uh, check that out if you haven't. Nice. Janelle, did you have shout outs before we run in? I mean, I'm I'm just I'm literally starting Doom Patrol and I am loving the heck out of it. So if anyone hasn't started it, there's three new episodes that just released of the new season three, I believe. And um, and if you're binging like me, good luck. Also, very, very, very excited about for all my Whovians, uh Russell T. Davies is <laughs> yep. um, is coming back to the show after he you might know him for his like kind of bringing it back with David Eccleson and David Tennant and uh, Chris, Chris Eccleston. Sorry, Chris. Did I say David? Yeah, they want, I don't want you getting sworn. Ah, don't get attacked. No, I know. I'm actually rewatching the entire series right now, which is oh, nice. really cool timing. I know I'm just finishing up Eccleston season. So anyways, uh, yeah, really excited about that. And I'm excited for all of us because this is going to be good. Hopefully. <laughs> Eccleston's still my favorite doctor. Really? Yeah, I know. I'm weird, but I'm no, I, he's my he's my. You used to stepped out there. I was surprised you just said that. I was like, yeah, he is he's, he's still my favorite doctor. I, you I never forget your it. first doctor. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into wrestling, Connor. What's going on? All righty. So someone decided to start a power drill like the floor below me. So I'm going to try and avoid all background noise as possible. All right. So I'm going to rapid fire this for a bit. Uh, AEW grand slam was uh, this past Wednesday. It's also taking place tonight. Matt's going to be covering the rampage side of things. Uh, It was everything I hoped it would be. The crowd was great. I love that Arthur Ashe venue. For those who don't know, that's where the U S open tennis tournament is played every year in Queens. I thought it was wonderfully poetic that Brian Danielson's last match 
in WWE and his first match in AEW were both absolute bangers and they were with two uh, wrestler of the year contenders. And how big of a flex is it, Matt, when you go from a 30 minute opening match between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega ends in a draw and then you say, oh, you didn't like that? How about a CM Punk promo? <laughs> and yeah, then, Britt, and then Britt Baker in your main event, like which was, by the way, very good. Just, Ruby, I know all the talk was about Danielson and Omega, obviously, but like Soho and and Baker was great. Absolutely, and you know we talk. We, there's a lot to be said about the women's division in AEW, but they got some stars, and when they do, they know how to use them. But let's get to the thing that we were all jabbering about before the episode started, and it's dark side of the ring. This was one of the biggest stories of the past week in the business, I whether you like it or not. But I don't want to get canceled. Eh, well, so if you if you didn't see it, the second half of season three started last week with a plane ride from hell episode, which was a notorious 2002 flight from a European tour back to the States in which all sorts of stupidity happened. And a lot of those stories we have heard before. X-Pac cutting off Michael Hayes' ponytail while he's asleep. Scott Hall being drugged out of his mind. But what we hadn't heard was that Ric Flair had allegedly sexually assaulted a uh, flight attendant. And she was on the episode to tell her side of the story. Now, a lot has been said about this episode already. I will just simply say, listen to women and, you know, when they come out with accusations on this, you know, believe them. Don't just brush it away. And, um, yeah, I, and, not, I, and just to I, a I, quick, not to interrupt you, but weigh in, like, I just want to say a disclaimer for this flight attendant who was very brave in this episode and is very level-headed in what she says. Absolutely. Very level-headed, very kind of concise and clear, and is not at all coming from a victimization standpoint, but is here to tell her side of the story. And, and has since moved on and lived a life, but it's just very clear about, you know, not overblown or overdramatic, but just saying, like, here's the boundaries of where I felt this was, like, inappropriate and wrong. And, like, it's not, like, my life obsession, but this, you know, I want to right. put this out there. Right. And, so the backlash I find interesting to that because it's you know, whole, well, and the I think what's powerful about the episode is that. What this this was a story that so many wrestlers over the years have talked about and just kind of joked about, and it's it's right. been a funny story of a party that went wrong. But and she says it while everybody else got to go home and they got to go keep touring around the country as these larger than life characters. She had to live with this experience for the rest of her life. Yeah, and Ric Flair got to go home, and that that sucks. And they I think made an, what. What a they what, made an animated about series about the yeah yeah and like yeah like they've, that's they've, insane they've been two animated series that have jokingly been about oh yeah Rick's naked in his robe again and all the yeah. flight attendants want him ha ha you know it, it's not okay and I think what has reverberated from this episode because if you've watched Dark Side of the Ring you know that they have gone into some heavy topics they've done Chris Benoit they've done Bruiser Brody they just did Brian Pillman. Like there's and we we just had a Chris Canyon episode. He was bipolar. He was homosexual. He came out and then he killed himself. It's awful stuff. But I think what about the plane ride from hell episode that reverberated 
wasn't that it wasn't just one person or two people doing something nuts. It was a mirror holding up to an entire industry and saying, not that long ago, everybody thought this was okay. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that really, I mean, before we even got into the Ric Flair stuff, the thing that I stopped, recorded, and sent to some friends of mine was like, the casual mention of these guys saying how hilarious it was, or Jim recounting, like, yeah, you didn't want to leave your drink unattended because somebody would roofie you and they think it's funny when you like lose control of your facilities all over yourself. These guys thought that was hilarious. And it's like... So you roof like wrestlers were just roofing each other all day. Like that's nuts. Like this and is this is why I never want to hear another legend wrestler knock the current generation for not drinking and wanting right. to play video games after shows. Because I will happily take that over going out, getting drunk, drugging women, having their way with them, and then throwing them out into hotel hall rooms. Because apparently that happened too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's. But this is like why, I mean, Dark Side of the Ring is exactly what the name implies. You get to see like all the sports entertainment you loved as a kid and and the crazy life behind it that resulted in that freaking uh, Mickey Rourke movie. Um, Mickey, yeah, being about the wrestler. You now know how real that stuff is because, yeah, these guys were really on one in that plane ride from hell, which I thought was going to be kind of like a fun car crash, like the uh, brawl right. for it all was. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, that's well, to be fair, thing. that's kind of how I, I remember talking to uh, the team, like before, like season three had even started. So like before the first part and like that episode, like people were looking forward to that episode because that has been talked about, but never analyzed like deep side, like dark side of the ring does like in that kind of way where it was really like you, you get to see how everything played out. You always just heard stories in and some things in WWE projects, right? Talking about it. So you never really had like an unfiltered look, but it was kind of looked at as like, oh, it's going to be this, you know, you're going to see all this stuff and it's, it's going to be more lighthearted and it has not turned out to be the case at all. In fact, it's probably had the most effect after the fact that any dark side of the ring episode has had to this point. I don't, I don't think any previous episode and we've seen some stuff like we've seen some screwed up stuff. And I don't think any yeah. episode has had this kind of immediate effect of like people getting suspended, you know, campaigns going away. Like there, there's there's a lot of fallout from this compared to other things. So and, and one of the guys that's getting the biggest punishments is Tommy Dreamer. He's been suspended from his radio show. He's been suspended from Impact Wrestling. I'm not going to get into all of what he said, but I am I'm going to use a word to describe him and how he came off. I don't use this word lightly. He came off as cold, not not cold blooded, not ice in your veins, but just cold and unfeeling. And that's not okay. On a much lighter note, Matthew. (laughs) What a transition. (laughs) I know. You guys are like, Janelle, you might like the show. You should watch it. I'm like, maybe not. (laughs) But on a much lighter note, Monday Night Raw has been freaking crazy these past two weeks. Has it's kind of been good. I have to say. People are like, oh, it's hot shot booking. You're, you got Biggie winning the title out of nowhere. You got Roman showing up. Let me tell you, as somebody who has had to cover Raw every week, every three hours, I will just say, I will take this hot shot booking every week happily over the sleepwalking lifelessness that it has been for, let's be charitable and say a year. Yeah, it's been pretty bad. 
but yeah. But then now we've got we got a show this Sunday. We've got Extreme Rules, or should I say Extreme Rule? Because it's there's only one match that has a stipulation. We went somehow from having a, a show a year ago where people were trying to guide each other's eyeballs out to yeah. and one guy's in paint and the other guy isn't. Now, okay, here's the thing: if show? you're going to use that as a as a compare point, I'm actually okay with it because that was stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was the swamp fight at the end of the show. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, last year's was a mess. Now, to be fair, we do have another SmackDown to go tonight. And sure. in talking to Liv Morgan recently, which that interview should be up later today, Ooh. she did tease that like hers is getting a stipulation. So good. I feel like at least there will be one more. If not, I would say two more. I would say there's at least three by the time all said and done tonight. I feel like so. It, I hate to call this a one match card, but there really is only one match that you need that needs to be talked about, and it's Roman Reigns versus the Demon Finn Balor. The Demon yeah. is back, and it's an Extreme Rules match. Now, I, I feel like adding in the Extreme Step was kind of putting a hat on a hat because you already have the Demon and everything that comes with. Yeah, is this is this how? we get the title off of Roman even for a little bit, or is this just another, nope, you're going to knock him out. Um, here's the thing. I, mm, I don't think it's either. I think it's some uh, WWE shenanigans in the middle somewhere. I, I think the stip allows them to do whatever it is they're going to do to get, they won't get the title off Roman. They're going to, I feel like Finn's going to lose, which I, hate but i feel like they're gonna try and do it in a way that protects him and they can do whatever with him after the fact right um so i i just think it's gonna be some dq someone comes in but there's gonna be something that happens to where he comes away with the title because reigns has like three matches already booked after this where he's got the title and yes they could always say like oh well we did those hard subject to change right but like Come on. Do you really see him going to Saudi Arabia facing Barack without the title? I I think you can get some mileage out of Roman was distracted by he already had a match with Brock Lesnar set up in Saudi Arabia. He's already got a match advertised with Drew McIntyre in the first night of the draft. And he gets caught and he gets caught by something that he thought, oh, you know what? It's it's Finn and face paint. I'm, I'm not going to take this seriously. And also, I think if Roman somehow drops the title and then Brock goes, well, I'm not going to chase after you, Roman. You're not the head of the table. This this small Irish man is now head of the table. I'm going to fight him. And then Paul Heyman goes, well, I, I have loyalties to both of you. Sorry, Roman. I got to go be in Brock's corner in Saudi Arabia. I think there's some mileage out of that. Here's personally. the thing. I Look, would I love to be wrong? Yes, because you know how I am about Finn Balor. So, oh, yeah. would I love a title on Finn Balor? You're damn straight. So, if that's what happens, sign me up. I'm good with that. Uh, I just don't. I have a hard time picking against Reigns because, like, look at the people he's rolled. You know what I mean? It's this like, how do you? This dude but has rolled Edge, Daniel Bryan. You want to talk, talk protected? Finn has not lost on the main roster when he puts the getup on. True. True. You're absolutely right. So, and that's why I'm saying because they did it so early, I don't feel like there's any way they just throw him to the wolves and have him lose clean. Like, I just don't think that happens yet because they see mileage out of merch. Like they're not stupid. You know what I mean? So you you do a fiend version of that universal championship, like demon version, like you did the fiend version. That's money hanging in my backdrop. Big Um, money. 
So, yeah, so I, I agree with I, I think, but I would love that. Uh, by the way, someone did bring up uh, Brett, uh, Charlotte, and Alexa Bliss. Uh, we do have, we have big time Bex and Bianca Belair. I am excited for that match because it won't I, be 32 I, seconds. I, yeah, I'm cautious. <laughs> they might, they might try to pull uh, that again. No, I don't think they like, will. Hey, I don't want to be here. Bye. Just I do watch. think shenanigans again rule because I don't see Becky losing the title so soon. But I, but so I do see that coming, but I don't think it'll be 32 seconds. I think they'll actually have somewhat of a match. Um, so yeah, there's, so there's some stuff. There's some good stuff here. Also, Danny, the pug in the comments saying, I want a different beat. Absolutely not, sir. This is my life and I love it. It's just, it's, it's just Monday night, night raw that I got to put up with. Um, all right. So do we so, want to get to the draft real quick? Uh, real quick, yeah. Um, Drew needs to go to SmackDown. I would send Seth to Raw and for anybody in NXT. Here's here's what I'm thinking. If you're a man who is on that NXT roster right now, the women, it's a different situation. With the men on NXT roster, if you have been there a while and you have not been featured in the last two weeks, you got one of two options, and it's go up or get out because yeah. that entire revamp thing does not have room for certain guys. So either NXT is getting a lot of call-ups or we're going to hear about some more releases here soon. That's That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, for me, the the two trades swaps I won is is Drew on SD uh, for Seth, because I just think like both of them have reached, like done as much as they can on either brand. And it would be good to switch them and, and yeah. change up the air. Also, man, if Roman stays on SmackDown, I would love some Drew Roman stuff. Uh, oh, Alexa yeah. for Sasha, because I think Alexa would be needs needs a change of pace as far as like who she's facing. Same with Sasha. I think both of those energize those. Uh, and for NXT call ups, I agree with you on the men. Like I was actually looking through the the men on NXT and, and couldn't necessarily find some that fit. You know the the current landscape and the ones who would have have already moved. So I don't know if there's anybody else really that I would see on the men's side for, for the women's side, I see Dakota because I don't think there's anything else for her to do in NXT. And I think she would, the women's rosters on both shows could use some reinforcement. So I think she's a good mix there. Um, also sure. breaking news again, by the way, uh, did you know that uh, WWE is reimagining American gladiators? <laughs> that's so, sure. Why not? That's so why random. not? It's so random. Here's the thing. It's random. But it makes, but it makes all yeah, the sense in the sense. world. Perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. So, so right. there you go. But yeah, that, that's wrestling for you, Kofi. It's all the Can't good, the bad, and the ugly. Red. Can't wait for that yeah. plane red. Oh, you just gave me a cue. I saw that. All right. So that is it for wrestling. That is it for the show. Thank you guys for turning into Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. We are here every Friday at noon Eastern on twitch.tv backslash comic book. Other podcasts are... Wild podcast has appeared, our Pokemon podcast and Phase Zero, our Marvel-based podcast, which also air on Monday and Wednesday, respectively, on this same channel. If you like Comic Book Nation, be sure to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or tell your smart home devices to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and we'll get it playing for you. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And you can find me at Connor Casey CB. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star review. We thank you for it as always. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next time on Comic Book Nation. Peace. Peace. Okay.